In this episode, I share an interview I did with Iowa Lean Consortium Radio, which is hosted by Steve Wilson, Stephen Wilson, who runs uh, Zone Strategies, a consulting firm, and he hosts this podcast uh, and interview for the Iowa Lean Consortium, a nonprofit organization that helps coordinate and promote Lean Six Sigma process improvement throughout the state of Iowa. And I've been involved with the um, ILC for a couple years, um, as early as 2012. I did a Lean Six Sigma in the Environment um, workshop for them, and that went really well. It was partnered with uh, Iowa State um, CIRRUS organization, uh, Iowa State University. And um, I have videos of those available. I'll post those on the um, notes for this episode as well. But uh, in this interview, we talk about the Lean Six Sigma for Good book, um, talk about some of the nonprofit work I'm doing, um, and then also how we could incorporate environment and planet into activities we're doing and tie it to the real stakeholders that are affected by those issues. Um, So again, another interview I have, but hopefully there'll be something new you'll take out of each of these interviews that isn't just a repeat of the same thing. And then hopefully some of the things I'm saying, it's hearing over and over again and it'll start to sink in or maybe I say it in in, in a different way that uh, makes more sense to you. Or you might resonate with people you know more than the previous interviews I've done. So hopefully you're not getting bored of hearing me uh, being interviewed, but um, thought I'd just share those anyways. Thanks for listening and talk to you later. You're listening to the ILC Radio Network. Brought to you by the Iowa Lean Consortium and Zone Strategies. Here's your host, Stephen Wilson. My guest today on the ILC Radio Network is Brian Hurley. And Brian is the founder and owner of Business Performance Improvement, consulting firm in Portland, Oregon, whose mission it is to help businesses and organizations achieve triple bottom line performance using Lean and Six Sigma. So, Brian, welcome to the ILC Radio Network. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You bet. My pleasure. And uh, uh, Brian had uh, sent me and introduced me to a book of his that uh, recently wrote. It's called Lean Six Sigma for Good with a subtitle, How Improvement Experts Can Help People in Need and Help Improve the Environment. And uh, Brian, I'd like you to take a few moments, if you can, and just talk about starting out with kind of where you've been and then how did you get from big corporate out to uh, to what you're doing now. So take it away. Sure. Yeah, a little bit of background. I started at Rockwell Collins at a school at uh, University of Iowa. So I'm based out of Iowa. And that's how I kind of followed a lot with uh, your podcast and the Iowa Lean Consortium. Mm-hmm. And I worked at Rockwell Collins for, uh, starting in 1999. And I got pulled in doing some work around Six Sigma. And then <laughs> Rockwell was going through a big lean initiative, and I was learning about that at the same time. So mm-hmm. then I worked on blending Six Sigma into our lean initiative. Um, and then I worked at a couple different locations around um, the U.S. and Florida, and then now out here in Oregon. So I'm in Portland, Oregon right now. And about a year ago, I left Rockwell and started my own consulting. And I really just saw this uh, great opportunity to look at lean and Six Sigma tools more holistically beyond just helping a company, you know, save money and improve customer satisfaction. But how do we 
tackle bigger problems in our communities and then uh, global problems around the environment and social issues. And I saw that, hey, these tools work really well for that too. And that got me really excited. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, there's, a, there's so much opportunity there that uh, we got to start working on this. And I started looking around, and there really was not a lot going on. Um, the uh, Toyota has their own consulting firm. It's called Toyota Production System Support Center. And they had put out a couple of really cool videos. And that's something we could maybe send a link to, but um, they show how they have gone and worked with food, uh, food banks and other nonprofits and helped them uh, streamline their processes and be more efficient. You know, yeah, and they had a big, uh, a big issue with, with Hurricane Sandy, didn't they? Yeah. So that's the video I show like every time I talk about lean as I show that video and how mm -hmm. they were able to reduce the size of the boxes and get more boxes put on the pallets and deliver to the people in need faster, faster, and less frustration and less um, struggle that they went through. Mm -hmm. and so it's really inspiring way of showing how these concepts apply and work um, on more, I guess, more rewarding type of, of work than just, you know, you know, saving money for the business. Why, why, do, why, why does uh, Lean and Six Sigma work as a, as a process improvement methodology? What have you found out, and, and I guess from a corporate, uh, how it translates over into nonprofit, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think the number one is that it's engaging with people who do the work and it's mm -hmm. getting their input and ideas on how to make the processes that they deal with every day run more efficiently, um, less frustration, and with a focus around the customer and the end customer and saying, are they getting what they are asking for and what they need? And I'm a part of that, but sometimes people don't see how they fit into the bigger process. And so at the heart of a lot of these discussions with process mapping and brainstorming and data collection. It's, it's getting people interested in seeing how they fit in and how they can improve their work to meet those objectives. And then, you know, with the data piece, obviously there's a lot of Six Sigma tools on what to do with that data once you collect it up. And then on the lean side, it's looking at my work and, and how do I prioritize the work I'm doing and what should I be working on next? And how large of a batch should I be doing and how, trying to reduce those down so that I can get feedback and move things all along from my work area faster to the next person. So some of those basic concepts, I think, are very applicable when you get, uh, what I'm exper experiencing getting into the nonprofit world is um, they have lots of tasks to take on and they have volunteers and they have staff that has um, not enough resources to be able to handle all that. And mm -hmm. so sometimes they're just struggling to try to keep up and to show them new ways of, of looking at the process and not to try to make them work harder, but really smarter about how the work is done. And a lot of times they just haven't been exposed to what we would call kind of uh, normal manufacturing principles and uh, basics around uh, process controls and data collection and, and flow. That These are new concepts, what I'm finding. So when you can go in there and introduce things like uh, eight forms of waste and look at 5S and look at one-piece flow um, and, and statistical process control, things like that, it, this is brand new to them. So there's a lot of opportunity in that respect. 
In, in Chapter 2 of your book, which is um, entitled uh, Beyond Profits, you, do, you give get some examples there of Toyota Production System and uh, the Support Center. And do please send me that link because then when we, we um, put this up on the ILT site, we can go ahead and, and include that uh, link. Uh, you talk about uh, Big Brothers, World Vision International, uh, other things there. But then you, you go into talking about that there are two ways that individuals can, um, can help in this, and, it's, and it's, you, you highlight a couple of different areas, help in, improve the environment or help address societal or, or people issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you share some examples of those and uh, in, in some of the work that uh, you've been involved in or that you're aware of? Yeah. Sure. So when I think of the term sustainability or triple bottom line, it's really kind of taking what the normal focus for a lot of organizations is, is about the money. Where does the money come in? Where does it go? Are we making more money or bringing in more money? Um, or are we cutting our costs? And that's a, a, a lot of the focus for, for most of your audience would be um, that's the emphasis for a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. uh, the idea around the triple bottom line is that we have to look at more than just financial dollars. That's obviously important, and organizations need to make money and do well. But are we looking at the environmental impacts of some of the decisions that companies make? And mm-hmm. um, are they considering the environment in terms of what their customers want? Is that part of the requirements that they have for greener products or services? And then the other piece of that is the community in which they operate. You know, are they good stewards? Are they good uh, partners in the community? Are they running a respectable and, and um, a business that people uh, think highly of? Are they providing good paying jobs? Um, are they providing volunteer opportunities for their employees and giving them time to go do those? Um, so those are the types of things that they look more broadly. We want to make sure that they're making decisions looking at all three of those areas. And so the, the two that aren't looked at as often and again, it depends on the company, is to look at the environmental piece of that and then the social community piece of that. So when you're looking at environmental stuff, it may be um, what activity is an organization doing to reduce their energy usage? Uh, what are they doing to reduce the amount of hazardous chemicals that they produce or have to dispose mm-hmm. of? Um, how much water are they consuming? Um, and so those are, those are things that an organization can look at and also understand how they impact the, the whole community. Are they the biggest contributor to certain areas? Are they taking uh, – if they're consuming a lot of water, is that taking away from others from having access to that water? Those types of things from the environment side. On the social side, just looking at it from uh, what are the big issues in the area and can the organization – do they have resources they can provide or help with to solve some of those problems? You know, even the ability to volunteer and, and, um, and give their expertise in some of these issues is, is really powerful. Um, when I was with Rockwell, a couple years into it, we got pulled into a project, a grant project through um, the, it was called Cedar Rapids Healthcare Alliance. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at improving how one of the healthcare clinics operated. And so Rockwell donated myself and a couple other colleagues' time to go work with them and try to implement some Six Sigma Lean concepts into their uh, clinic. And so to me, that was a good example where 
the organization is not, they don't have an expertise, Rockwell didn't have an expertise in healthcare, but they had some people that could help and assist with that and giving away that time to help the broader community, I think is that type of example that we're, we're looking at. And there's a lot of great companies doing stuff like that, but just want to continue to promote that idea that there's a lot of issues that help that impact the, the employees and, and there's a lot of employees that would go to that clinic. And so uh, if they're at the clinic's not running very efficiently, they maybe they're gone from work longer or maybe they have complications that come from there and they're out sick longer. So it does actually benefit the company's bottom line in an indirect way. How does, uh, when you begin, uh, I guess, how, do you, how does one initiate this conversation with their, their employer? How do they do that? Yeah, I think the, the first thing I would recommend if I was talking to someone about their organization is, is to look at what the organization already has, has done. Most companies, mm-hmm. I mean, the larger companies, the larger they are, the more they've got a, a, at least a strategy or some activity they've started around right. uh, corporate responsibility or, um, um, yeah, they publish a corporate sustainability report or responsibility report. So I would say start there, see if they've published or promoted any programs that they offer, whether it's education in the community, like a a STEM support or um, some kind of volunteer activity. Um, Look look for what the company's already doing and figure out is there a way to leverage that relationship and expand on that as a a volunteer or as a, um, maybe it's even part of your role in the company could become to work a little bit of time on that initiative they have. So I'd say start, start first looking at if, is the company doing anything around those areas? And if there's something in particular that you really get excited about and like, then I'd say reach out to the internal contact person and say, hey, I'd like to get more involved. What can I do? And a lot of companies will give up some of your time and volunteer time, even, even paid time, to go and, and support some of these initiatives. And then if you find out that they really haven't started to do much, then that could be something you approach them with and say, hey, I think this is an area that we should, as an organization, should be involved with. It aligns with our values. It aligns with our vision of where we want to go. Um, It's important to our organization. And so if you can link that back to the organization itself and say, you know, by helping out in this uh, community project, we can actually, it's, it's good for our business and it's good for that community. Um, a lot of the organizations will at least give that some consideration and start maybe going down that path. They just need to see that their employees are interested in that same topic. So you have to kind of step forward and say, I am interested in this, this is important to me. And they see that as an important thing because if you're engaged w- within the company on things that are important to you, they feel like that's more likely you will stick around in the company and they don't have as much turnover. And that, mm-hmm. again, will indirectly impact their, their bottom line. Our guest today on the ILC Radio Network is Brian Hurley, and Brian is the founder and owner of Business Performance Improvement, consulting firm in Portland, Oregon. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning, mission is to help businesses and organizations achieve triple bottom line performance using Lean and Six Sigma and you can find out more about the organization as well as the book, Lean Six Sigma for Good, at LeanSixSigmaForGood.com. And uh, 
Uh, Brian, as we talk about sustainability, and matter of fact, I just had a meeting earlier today with someone, and we were talking about sustainability, but it was sustainability in the mm-hmm. terms of long-term results. How do we make sure that we yeah. sustain the gains and, and that? But when you talk about sustainability, you're not ignoring that, but you're talking about something more than that, aren't you? Can yeah. you elaborate? Sure. Yeah, and that's the that's what most people think about when we talk about performing my Six Sigma project. I want, their, I want sustainable results, 12 months or longer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when we implement process improvement or lean techniques, we want that to last. And so that's definitely a piece of that. And so the broader, the broader topic around sustainability is that for an organization to be successful, they need to be able to last decades into the future. And if they're not thinking about that and they're depleting the resources that they're uh, consuming and there's no long-term uh, plan to, to move away from that particular resource, then where does, that co- where does the company end up in a couple decades? Are they uh, struggling because now what made the money today is no longer available? And so it is really kind of broader as how does the company live for the next couple decades out to the next hundred years to even thinking thousands of years in the future. And I know it's difficult to even get some organizations to look three to five years in advance. Um, But when companies that really get serious about this start to look much, much further out and look at how do we, um, you know, where, where's our community going to be in the next 30, 40 years? And are we aligned to that or are we, um, involved in that discussion and if we don't think that way and that we're vulnerable and then we won't be able to survive in the long run how do you how do you I guess begin to engage a, a, a company and how our or organization how do you work what type of uh, um, uh, again I guess how, how do you engage with organizations and what services do you provide Mm-hmm. So I think what really excited me about this c- combination of Lean and Six Sigma techniques with sustainability is that if I go in straight to, hey, let's, let's go solve your environmental problems and let's go address some of your social issues in the community, <laughs> sometimes there isn't as much uh, excitement right off the bat with that. Unless, yes. you know, there's a set few number of companies that, that would really excite them right away. But um, a lot of times they're saying, that's great, we'd love to do that, but we've got real business problems going on. You know, um, yeah. This is not really the number one problem we have to deal with. And so I think where I see it, uh, a great thing is I can get started by looking at those business problems. And, for example, let's say that one of the problems is they're struggling to get uh, enough of their materials processed per day, and they want mm-hmm. to improve efficiencies and, and run – more effectively there. And so we could look at the evaluation of that process and find out that there's a lot of um, time being wasted by packing and unpacking the materials. And so they're sending materials from different spots in the facility and they have to wrap up product to make sure it doesn't get damaged. And then the next person has to unwrap that material. And so we could look at that and say, is there a way we can cut that waste out of the process? Can we go to reusable containers of some sort? And so that I can just place the product in a pre-cut foam cutout and it's protected 
And then the other question would be, why is it traveling so far? Why are we so spread out? Should we bring those two groups together? Maybe I don't need the box or container at all in the first place. And so by looking at the, the waste in the process, naturally you're going to address some of the uh, materials that you're throwing away in the landfill. And you're paying mm -hmm. somebody to come pick up and you're going to get charged for. So by taking out the time, we're saving, we're getting more productive. That's saving, you can do more with the same number of resources. And by accident almost, we started chipping away at some of the landfill costs and some of the materials that were going to the trash. Or maybe we find a, a home for the materials to say, well, we can reuse these or we can recycle them, in fact, and save a little money that way. So I feel like if, 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 you can, if I can get my foot in the door and say, let's look at those business problems with a lens around looking at the sustainability piece not just focused on only the business part of it. I think it opens up much more opportunities and potential issues in the process than if I'm just purely looking at it from a time perspective or quality perspective. So I think starting mm -hmm. off by going after those business, business issues and then when I'm looking for waste, I know that if I can uh, cut down inventory, that cuts down materials and that's good for the environment. Um, and if I can engage people, um, they can take some of these ideas, if they can teach them concepts, they can take some of these ideas home with them. And, and if it helps their own personal life, that's a good thing. And that helps our community. And so I think it still has to be that dispersed discussion around how, it, how do I impact the business in a positive way. But maybe then kind of steering the conversation a little bit or at least helping them identify those other opportunities that are kind of either side benefits of the improvement or other things they could bring in using the same approach. If, they're, if they do decide we should cut down our energy costs, it's actually impacting our department budgets. Then we can use some of these topics around data analysis to do regression modeling of the energy usage. Or we could do a gimbal walks and start to look around for when, when are the equipment being left on and when are the lights being left on and what happens during breaks and changeovers that we could cut down the amount of energy being consumed. So it's kind of wrapping the, the core principles of Lean and Six Sigma around that, but expanding the opportunities that you might see. When you're, um, I guess, can you, can you share, um, not necessarily identifying organizations, but uh, uh, what are some of the things that you're, you're, you're currently, uh, currently working on right now? Sure. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll talk about one of the groups that really got me going down the path of the book. Was mm -hmm. um, It's a group called Lean Portland, and we are um, different Lean and Six Sigma practitioners in the community that have get together, and we all kind of decided that we'd like to do some volunteer work and share the knowledge that we've gained over the years. And we all have many different years of experience in different industries from healthcare to logistics to small business aerospace like myself and, and we realized it's really great to work together on some of these things we start to learn from each other but the bigger thing is we can go and teach this to nonprofit organizations and so we've gotten our foot in the door with some reuse organizations um, where they receive in donations and then they process those in some way or um, evaluate them and then make them available for sale mm -hmm. and then they what they sell and they keep and then they use that for their ultimate mission for the organization. And so 
that's very much like a uh, manufacturing process, except you don't really control your supply chain very well. You just kind of are receiving whatever the, your suppliers in this example are providing to you. And so the model, the concepts work fairly well, but you have to also tweak it a little bit to say, what happens when you don't have the ability, you don't decide what your suppliers are bringing to you. You're just recipients of that. So you have to have a very flexible and, and agile uh, receiving process and it has to run fairly efficiently. So you can quickly move things in and out um, and process things and, you, and do, do that with people who might be volunteering for the first time. And so you have to make processes that are very simple for people who are just starting off to walk in and quickly be able to tell from the visuals, the color coding, the signs, and the, the, how the process is laid out that they can be very productive and useful right away instead of having, which a lot of the challenges we were dealing with is it takes so long to train up somebody for volunteering that we get very little value out of them and they don't have a great experience because they didn't feel like they contributed very much and then they don't come back. And so if they have a good experience and they can jump in right away and feel like they're contributing, they're more likely to come back again, which cuts down the amount of training I have to do next time. So, so that's been really exciting trying to get in and, and see the nuances and changes that you have to adjust for with a nonprofit. But, um, but that, that group anyways has been going for about two years now and we've worked with about five or six different organizations. And each one's a little unique and different in what they're trying to accomplish. But um, that's really trying to, a lot of it's been around a partly social because their organizations are trying to deal with big problems like homelessness and housing opportunities and shelter and, um, you know, just, and then other part of it is just keeping things out of the landfill and reuse and reselling of materials so we're not consuming as much materials. One of the challenges that you put forth in the, uh, in the book is you asked the question, are you willing to help set up or join a volunteer group in your local area? How does one get started? I know you talk a little bit about it in the book. For those that, that, that might not uh, have the book at, at, at present, what's, what's, what's a way for, the, for, for someone to get a group like that set up? Mm -hmm. So on, that, on the Lean Six Sigma for Good website, they can download the, the book for free. It's available for mm -hmm. a PDF or an audio, audio book version. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that was the idea. I just really wanted to get the word out and message out. Um, and so within there, uh, on the website, I have like a link of any cities that, I've seen, that are making some progress on this, and there's not very many right now. My vision is that basically every city would have their own little volunteer group going on. So, you know, of course, your, your Cedar Rapids and Iowa cities and Des Moines should have these types of groups, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also the small towns. Um, it's, there's really no, um, there's no, as long as you have some people that are willing to get together, I mean, it doesn't really, there's no small a town too small that could mm -hmm. use some help and benefit there. So uh, to me, it's kind of unlimited in terms of how many, how much we could spread this kind of model or idea around. And so, um, so I've got a couple of tips in there about trying to set up a, a LinkedIn group perhaps because that's mm -hmm. where a lot of professionals uh, network and you can sure. find them locally. And then as you start to build up that group and you reach out to people you know and share the group, 
then you'll start to build up enough people who says, hey, maybe we should get together and, and talk about this. And maybe somebody in the group has a connection with a nonprofit already that they could start that discussion. Um, and so it doesn't really require too much work except that first step of saying, I'm going to be the one that will uh, take the first step and try to coordinate that. And so, um, and then what we're trying to do here in Portland is to try to capture what is working well and try to share that with these groups as they're getting set up so they don't have to go through the same struggles and learning curve that we do. And we're still definitely learning as we go. We're, we don't have this figured out by any means, but uh, it seems like there's not really, anyone else hasn't really figured it out either. So um, we want to build some kind of a, a community to start sharing with one another and saying what works well for these organizations because they have their own struggles and challenges. And, and we want people to be successful and, and help these organizations that are doing a lot of great work. I don't know if that helps Tell me, uh, answer the yeah. question there. Or, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, as, as we uh, wind down here, I wanted to ask you about um, the, uh, the Sherpa Sustainability Institute. How has mm -hmm. that been, been beneficial with the work that you're doing? Yeah, so um, that's an organization that was set up. Um, very similar idea, but they were really looking at it from uh, taking these principles uh, more heavy on, heavier on the Six Sigma side of it, but looking to say there is a structure in which you can go through as an organization and apply the concepts and, and principles to your sustainability program. And so the way they look at it is taking the DMAIC model from Six Sigma and expanding that out and doing a lot more upfront work. So as you reach out and start looking in your community, you start realizing we have a huge number of people who are stakeholders to the organization. It's not yeah. just the employees and the suppliers and the customers. It's the community leaders and the nonprofit organizations and um, city of, um, government officials all those different areas are stakeholders. And so when they're considering a plan, they want to involve as many voices as they can up front. That will allow them to get that feedback to say, where do they feel the organization needs to focus? Is it on um, providing education opportunities? Is it in terms of providing better paying jobs? Is it um, assisting with you know, some of the, the struggle areas with homelessness or lack of housing, you know, some, depending on the organization, they're all going to have different things that they can actually influence that actually fits into their skill set. And so mm -hmm. getting that feedback from many different stakeholder groups will allow the organization to kind of tweak their sustainability efforts to something that is most impactful that they can actually impact and, and affect. And so, that's the first step. Instead of starting with like a problem and putting it into a project charter and a problem statement and doing the business case on it, their model is kind of promoting this stakeholder um, initial review to say get everybody on the table together before you start going down specific problem areas. And then tie, your, tie that effort back to your organization and the, the goals and objectives you have. And somewhere there's going to be a nice fit that, hey, if we address this issue that's kind of a little bit external to our organization, it actually does help our business. Um, this is what our customers have been asking us for as well. They want to see that we're doing mm -hmm. the right thing. They don't want to 
pick up the paper and read about something that happened to one of their suppliers. It makes them look bad. And so when they right. see that organizations are being proactive and going after these things, they, they feel more confident and more likely to award business to those organizations. And I think you're seeing that uh, become more and more important. It's not just about who's got the lowest price product, but are you also going to create problems and bad publicity for us down the future? And uh, those are becoming more and more important criteria for businesses. So that's the idea is that they're kind of promoting this uh, modified DMAIC model to incorporate sustainability and then going through and kind of teaching these tools. So I went through a program with them and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was th um, developed by Holly Duckworth and Andrea Hoffmeyer. And so they've been, and some of the times they'll be working with uh, nonprofits and sometimes with for-profit businesses. Sure. Well, that's interesting, yeah, because you, you oftentimes, we oftentimes talk about the stakeholders and the customer and the community, but to what extent do we really develop that out and, and truly pursue and find out uh, the impact on the community, not just in a, in a financial or in, just simply in, in financial terms? Uh, as, yeah, like as the, we close um, down Native, here, um, go ahead. Native, Ameri Native, Native American tribes, those are groups that are, uh, really big in Iowa and out here in Oregon as well. And so they are stakeholders in how the land is used and and maybe their voice hasn't been heard or adopted recently, but how do we go back and try to pull them into some of those discussions again? And so when you start mm -hmm. looking at it, it's very, it's a huge number of people involved. And so um, not to be overwhelming, but then at least you start to consider these different areas. Uh, and different stakeholder groups and figure out how can we get their voice heard. So when we do go down this path, we know that there's a lot of people who will be excited to see about the progress we make as an organization. Yeah. So as we close out here, if there's a few points that you want to make sure are driven home for our listeners, what, uh, what would they be? Hmm. Let's see. I, um, I, I think the first thing – I really tried to focus on with the book was think about what are the problems and issues that really get you excited or uh, you feel really passionate about. Um, and there's so many things to look at, whether it's, uh, you know, the cure for a, a disease or uh, problems going on in other countries or pollution in your own backyard to, um, like I said, the, um, social services, making those more available to people or improving health care and access to that for people. Whatever the, the potential, the issue is that you feel most passionate about, I'd say start there and, and look for who are the organizations, if you aren't already involved with them, that are trying to do the same kind of thing. And then the second thing would be then look at what is the skill set you have. And I focus on Lean and Six Sigma because that's the the people I work with a lot, and that's what I mm -hmm. know. But yeah. you could easily say uh, lawyers for good and, um, you know, any other, you know, insert any other job function in sure. there. And there, are, there is a need out there for, for your skills and services. And to first make, connect with that organization and go in there humbly and say, I'm here to help, I'm here to learn. And later you'll find out that, hey, there's some problems in there that your skill set would be perfect for them, and they need that help. And then you can start to guide them and coach them and teach them what you know 
so they mm -hmm. can uh, run more effectively, make best use of the money that they do get, and use it more effectively. Um, and it's going to be really good learning for you and experience, and um, you get to maybe try out some things that you don't get to try out at your normal job. And Julie, I think you'll find it very rewarding as well. Brian, how's the best way for folks to get in touch with you or to, to communicate with you? Um, yeah, thanks for mentioning the website, Lean Six Sigma for Good, F-O-R-G-O-O-D.com. Um, also, LinkedIn is uh, probably the easiest way to find me. And my name is spelled B-R-I-O-N. It's a little different, but Brian Hurley. So you should be able to, I don't think there's any other Brian Hurleys on there, so um, <laughs> if there are, but look for the one in Portland, Oregon. All right, well, Brian, thank you for, again, being a guest on the ILT Radio Network, and I uh, appreciate your time and sharing with us your experiences and also how other individuals can, uh, can get involved in things, as, as you're talking about, and, and, uh, uh, with these nonprofits and uh, moving beyond just the, uh, the dollars and cents and seeing the, uh, the benefit of these, taking these tools, these methodologies, uh, beyond, beyond the dollars and cents. And I uh, appreciate you taking your time to visit with us about that today. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to the ILT Radio Network. Appreciate, and be sure to reach out to Brian uh, as well as uh, go to the website. And again, that's Lean Six Sigma for good and uh, spelling out uh, F-O-R. And uh, you can also, we'll put some links on the, the program as well. Thanks again for listening to the ILC Radio Network. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed our show. For more information, please check us out online at iowalean.org and zstrat.com.